Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. It's going to be a, a great day in church today. We have um, some very, very special guests all the way from our neighbors to the north, the great land of Canada. We have Nathaniel Pawlowski and Marzina Pawlowski, Nathaniel's mom. And we're going to get them up here in just one second. And you may not, you may not know the, the name, but I bet you almost all of you uh, indirectly know their story because of some viral videos that went around in in 2021 and so before we get them up uh, here I want you to turn your eyes to the screen watch this quick video and then we'll invite up our guests and have a little chat Paloski, you may remember the name he went viral in the early days of COVID up in Canada for shooing away some health authorities and calling them Nazis get out of this property immediately. A policeman in a supposedly civilized country busting into an Easter service and attempting to close it down. The holiest Christian festival in a year and they're coming to intimidate Christians. I grew up under communist dictatorship behind the Iron Curtain under the boot of the Soviets. It was like a black, uh, you know, flashback when those police officers showed up at my church. Everything kind of came back. So, as per the injunction that was served on uh, Arthur here and uh, David back here. I was told I am under arrest on two warrants from my arrest, one for officiating a church service in June and another one for not wearing a mask. This is not communist China. Don't you guys have family and kids? Uh, so I was on a speaking tour for four months. I decided to come back. And of course, I landed in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, only to be greeted by masked gangsters because I can't even say they're officers of the law. Look what they're doing to me. If you will not rise up and come to our help, uh, you're next. See, that's what's happening when you're living in China now. Hey, don't resist! Don't no, he's not resisting! He's a criminal! Bastard! You know what his charges were? You call that crime! Uh, but I did what every shepherd right now on the planet Earth should be doing. Fend off the wolves. We as lions should never bow before the hyenas, and that's what they are right now. in the house here at Awaken Church today. Can we stand to our feet? And I want to honor this, uh, this amazing family, the Pawlowski family here all the way from, from Canada that uh, are going to speak with us for just a little bit. Can, but as we welcome them to the stage, can we just honor their courage, their stand? Come on. Come on. What we honor flows to us. Let's honor the Pawlowski family, their courage. So great to have Marjana and her son Nathaniel with us. Welcome, welcome. Grab a seat. 
How many of you guys remember, I remember, in 2021 when that video went around? Come on, yes. And I think, um, and again, I mentioned this in the first service, but I want you guys to just see what a big impact that stand had um, and continues to have. And for us, um, even, even Katie and I as new pastors trying to navigate this crazy world, I remember seeing your husband and saying, hey, you know what? Like, we can do this. We're going to do this. And it's interesting, um, you know, Awaken Church was founded by two immigrants to our country that uh, came from Australia. And Pastor Jürgen actually um, grew up in Germany, and his father um, fled uh, East Germany and actually traversed a minefield um, to get out of communism and, and into the West. And so it's interesting that, you know, in our case, it took, uh, it took an immigrant to see um, some of the things that were beginning to be seated in the United States. And you guys have, um, have a similar story. You can hear a little bit of, a, of an accent in your dad, uh, Arthur, um, and a little bit of an of a accent difference between you guys, because Nathaniel, you were born in Canada. But Marzina, why don't you tell us you know, where you guys came from and how you ended up in, in Canada? Uh, you know, I always have a, a problem when, when there are two services. Should I repeat myself or add something new? Hey, switch it up. Switch Be crazy. It up. Yeah, come on. Okay, so uh, we came from, the, uh, uh, from Poland, from communist Poland. Uh, even though when we left, communist war was already abolished, let me tell you, after every dictatorship, it takes 10, 20 years for the country uh, to rise up. Uh, and e even more so, we, we decided to, to emigrate from Poland to Canada, through Greece, uh, because those are the two, three, the best countries we thought we, ha we could uh, emigrate here, Canada or Australia. Thanks goodness we didn't go to Australia, but, <laughs> but, uh, but everything was so, so uh, beautiful, seems like it, and look what is happening now. The, the embassy promised my family freedom and freedom from persecution at the embassy in Athens when they were emigrating to Canada. And that's why they, they left. They were tired of the corruption in Greece. Obviously, they were tired of the communism in Poland, and they just wanted to live their life in peace, in peace with freedom of religion. And look at us today. That was 25 years ago, yeah. not even. It's interesting how the spirit of the world is all throughout the world. doesn't matter where you go. The, the message of Jesus is always going to be opposed. There's always going to be um, an enemy. And uh, you guys found it in, in Canada, it seems like. So I, I want to ask, um, you guys have been there for 25 years. Um, and and for, for you and your husband, was there a, a moment where it was kind of like, you know, again, all, all this promise of religious freedom and we're going to go be missionaries and, and spread the gospel. Was there a moment or a time where you're kind of like, okay, wait a minute, there's something, I, I know this, I've seen this before, this reminds me of Poland, you know, was, was there a moment like that? Yes, it was. Uh, in the beginning, we were very busy building our uh, quite successful business and all that. And uh, when God was really, really, uh, when, when we started to be stronger and stronger in faith, this is when your eyes are opened. And back, back in Polish church, we're just not even pastors over there, elders of the church. Our bishop from that denomination was huge denomination. Uh, came and he said, he said, twin, uh, he wasn't even born. He said, 
From now on, you are not allowed to talk about homosexuality, divorce, and abortion, because uh, we, can, we can take your uh, sta uh, charitable status. So, and churches comply. And this is how long they have us on, on a leash. That's why it was so easy to put muzzle on our face right now, because all those years, churches comply, and you had so many false teachings. False teaching, because, because when, you, when you shy from the truth, uh, so many uh, weird teachings, like you don't have to uh, uh, preach the gospel, you just show your actions, which is truth. Uh, but look where this brought us today. The signs were showing long ago. Yes. Long ago. Uh, it started, the, the state of Canada is the fault of the church. It's not the fault of the government, it's the fault of the church. Because the church allowed for Bibles to be taken out of schools, they allowed for prayers yes. to be taken out of schools, they allowed for the Ten Commandments to be taken out of the justice system, and they, said, they stepped aside and said, we're just going to let the government do what they want. Separation of church and state, that big lie. Yeah. And in 2006, my dad was arrested for reading the Bible in a park to six people. Not amplification, no, just to six people, because the police officer said, the Bible is offensive, and you can't give free goods and services in the city of Calgary. So this was 2006, years before COVID. Those were the, those were the very obvious signs, but dictatorships don't just come about. This, this is a gradual process. This takes years to implement. Wow. It starts with the church. And so, so you're this, you know, the, the video that sort of went viral was that Easter um, video where, where, you know, the, the health officials or whatever were barging in. But it sounds like your, your husband, your dad is no stranger to that. That was just kind of like another day at the office to him. How many times has he been arrested so far? 16 times. 16 times. 10, 10 before COVID uh, for reading the Bible keeping his, uh, no, for feeding the poor, reading the Bible, for preaching, and for giving prayers. So just doing his job as a pastor, being a Christian. This is long before COVID. Then they gave us a little bit of a break after we won the legal battles, and then COVID was another excuse to hammer down on the church and six arrests since COVID. So now when your dad's arrested, it's just like, oh, dad's getting arrested again. It's a normal day. Yeah, I often get asked how I deal with it, yeah. and I don't want to say I've become numb to it, but I've, be I've become like immune to it almost, which is a sad thing to say when your dad is being arrested, but it's, you know, I'd be in the sixth grade and someone else would come to pick me up from school and said, well, your dad was arrested. Oh, what for this time? For feeding the poor. Like, that's the reality I grew up in. And it's hard because I, I'm, grow, I'm growing up in this environment. It's hard to respect authority. It's hard to respect police yeah. when they're treating your, your father like this. Yeah. And there are good police officers. There are sure. yes. very few, obviously, in Canada now. Um, but that's what I grew up in. And I did become a little bit numb to it. Who's thankful for our police officers? <laughs> Men like Ito Fuerte, civil service. Thankful for you guys standing up for righteousness. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you a curveball, Nathaniel, if I can. Um, I'm sure you've heard it a million times. We didn't talk about this, but you'll, you'll roll with it. Um, you know, the, the, the big argument 
the, the sort of the big trump card everybody throws is Romans 13, Romans 13, Romans 13. You know, we're supposed to submit and obey um, those that are in authority over us. And I'm sure you guys have heard that 19 million times as we did in, in 2020 and 2021. What is your um, rebuttal to that argument? Uh, just a very simple question. Would you give up the Jews in Nazi Germany because the government was saying to do so? Would you sell your fellow Jew? When the government contradicts the Bible, Acts chapter 4, whom shall we obey, God or government? Acts chapter 5, we must obey God over government. God rather than man. So, Hey, man, come on. So, um, so obviously that, that video um, of that Easter Sunday, March 2021, that, that had a massive impact, went, went all around the world. Walk us through that day and, and you know, exactly what happened and just kind of what the repercussions were from that one, that one video. Well, like you were saying, this was nothing new to me, nothing new to my dad. He, he's, he's, that's not his character, by the way. He's a very loving, uh, compassionate man. He cares about the poor. He just wants to be left alone, feed the, feed the homeless, preach the gospel. That's all he wants. But the government won't leave him alone. So when they keep coming after him, righteous anger comes out. Yeah, come but we didn't think anything of it. That was just, uh, he's made so many videos like that before. That wasn't the first time. The government came to harass. It was just another day at the office and he kicked them out. But there was something special about that day. It was, it was Easter. The day before, a priest in the UK caved to the government. Wow. So that went viral. That was on the news. This priest just let the police come in and shut down the church. And then contrast that with my, what my dad did. It was what every believer, every Christian, every freedom-loving, red-blooded Canadian or American was thinking. This is what everyone should do. This is, this is, that was looming on everyone's hearts. Enough is enough. After a year of subjection to this garbage, they needed an example. And that set an example. It was just perfect timing. It went viral. And it embarrassed the Canadian government. And they, and they didn't like they it. They didn't like it, and they needed to, to, to react. Yeah. They were like, repercussions are going to come now. Now we're going to hammer him with the full force of the justice system and the government. And that's what they did. Six arrests, dozens of tickets ranging from $50 to a million dollars. That was their response. Yeah. I'm going I'm to ask you one more question, um, Nathaniel. And then, um, so uh, the, that was Easter, but then that wasn't the latest um, sort of legal trouble that, that uh, your dad's found himself in. Um, talk us through this, this most recent um, arrest and just kind of what the, the punishment was and, and how you guys are dealing with, with that uh, latest episode. So how many of you saw the trucker, Canadian trucker convoy? Come on. So Canadians had enough. They t finally took it to the streets and started a peaceful revolution, really. Uh, they drove to the capitals with, their, with, with the capital with the trucks. And a leg of that movement was on the Alberta-Montana border. They shut down the highway and they said, until you give us our freedom, we're not moving. That was going on in my province. And my dad went down there because they were discouraged, they were scared, the police were threatening them and their families. And my dad went down there to do his job as a pastor, to read the Bible to them, to give them a sermon, to give them hope, to do the Lord's Prayer with them, to do Lord's Supper with them. And that's all he wanted to do. He gave a 20-minute sermon encouraging them, talking about what he faced growing up. And for that speech, he was arrested a week later and spent 50 days, almost all of which was in solitary confinement. 
So anything over two weeks is considered torture in solitary under the Geneva Convention, under multiple treaties. And he, was spent, he spent 50 days under horrible conditions. He can tell you horror stories of what went on in prison. And right now, he can't be here today because he was denied bail twice, and on the third time, he was granted bail, but under strict conditions, so house arrest, curfew. So from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., he's under house arrest because preachers are most deadly at night, obviously. So yes, preachers going wild. It gets crazy after dark. <laughs> So I don't know what the judge was thinking there, but uh, we live in lawless times. We've kicked out God from our country, and now we're kicking out the rule of law. So that's what he's facing right now, which is why he can't be here. So unbelievable. Now, Mar Marjana, let me ask you, um, what, you know, you guys obviously taking this very strong stand as a church. Um, what has been the response of other Canadian churches? Have you guys found you know, a big um, uprising of, of people to link arms with? Does it feel like you're on an island by yourself? Talk us through kind of what um, the, the response of other Canadian churches has been. You know, the response of the church is, is we, let me put it this way. We decided to focus on the remnant. Uh, it's exactly the same way like here in in US. You have all those churches that rise up, stand up, they didn't bow. And you have the others that are uh, right now left behind, and they still think they are the head, but they are the tail. So this is this is this is what is happening in Canada right now. Uh, even in our own city, is is doesn't look good. Uh, pastors in our province, they were arrested. They never would call my husband because he's from different denomination. So this is where we uh, where we at. Even though uh, our arms are uh, wide open, even though our message for years to, to the pastors uh, were stand up, stand up, we need to unite. We need to unite the clans right now. This is not the time for uh, any divisions. Uh, so we, we invited the pastor from completely different denomination that uh, we agree only on a message of, of salvation and there's a lot of um, different stuff that normally in a time of peace we would not agree. Uh, but he was arrested and he would call my husband and he says, Pastor Art, because of your testimony I could endure uh, prison and I can stand. And uh, in matter of fact, we became friends right now. They invited us, we invited them. And, and, and this is the sad part right now. It's not the time for divisions. Uh, they understand that, divide and conquer. They understand this is dangerous. This is dangerous. And, and, and October, November is coming, and they are cooking some kind of uh, monkey business. <laughs> and we have to remember this, yeah, yes. that they are afraid of us. We're supposed to not be afraid of them. One of the things um, that we were talking about before service that I thought was so um, interesting and amazing was, so you guys have been in the United States now for six weeks, traveling around, speaking at different churches, um, and obviously the churches that are having you are generally aligned with your message and this hard stance, and, um, and, and you guys mentioned that 
every single church that you guys have visited, whether it's in San Diego, Knoxville, Tennessee, down in Florida, all of them are under construction. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, every single pastor that took a stand, we have noticed this in Canada, we have noticed this in the U.S., every single pastor that took a stand has at least doubled. And that is the testimony. Yes, the, and again, Marjana, you mentioned it last service, but the, the lie is that if we, if we give a little bit, if we, if we be seeker-friendly, um, which is just such a weird thing to say because what you're saying is we want to structure church in a way that is conducive to people who are seeking God. But Jesus said, I came to seek and to save the lost. God does the seeking. We don't do the seeking. It's God that does the seeking. And so I think we've seen all these churches that, well, if we can just make friends with the world, if we can, if we can find a way to coexist with the spirit of the world, then, then everything. But we've seen exactly the opposite. Exactly. This is, this is why I am keep repeating myself. We were quite, maybe not depressed, but oppressed looking at the Christianity and churchianity in the past two decades in Canada. And not only uh, because, because you would see the fact that they endorse the sin, that they, they uh, compromise. And, and, and now it's the best time to be. We were called for such a time as this because right now, uh, as, as, as evil as th this is, people get sick, people die a little bit. Uh, this was needed because right now we can see uh, who is who in a zoo, all of this revealed, revealed the truth, and this is so important, and this is the best time to say, right now, all the compromise out the window. Let's stand on the truth. Amen. Come on. Let me um, ask you, Marjano, um, you know, watching that video, and I haven't even met your husband before. He seems very nice, very handsome. Um, but it, it was hard for me to even watch, you know, him being carried away like, like a wild animal arrested for serving food to, you know, to those less fortunate. So for you as a, as a wife, um, as, a, as a mother of three kids trying to navigate all this craziness, how have you, again, I think, you know, you're up here and it's easy to talk about all the, come on, be courageous and stand up, but I'm, I'm sure that over the past several years, there's been moments of, of despair and, and watching your husband. Uh, I mean, 50 days is a really, really long time. Um, how have you, as a wife, as a mother, navigated all of this emotionally and, and psychologically? You know, God, uh, God, let me tell you a little bit of, uh, of the history. Uh, it didn't happen overnight. I'm not going to even pretend that was easy, was not. Uh, some of you maybe are asking, wait a minute, why he was arrested so many times? Maybe he wants this attention. No, he doesn't. How do you plan uh, flying back from US and being arrested? How do you plan to be arrested in front of your house or in the middle of highway? We didn't plan that. We are not staging that and we are not looking for it. But why we saw what is coming uh, exactly about uh, 17 years ago, we went to the, uh, to the most dangerous park in Calgary, 
uh, when we would come with the gospel over there, we would have to start, volunteers would have to start with picking up the needles that nobody would stand on. The most dangerous uh, park in a city, and said, we said, uh, this is our mission, uh, mission field. And if you would ask me at that time, who is, uh, who, uh, what is the name of our uh, local government officials, I would have to scratch my head. I wasn't even sure. I wasn't. It's not that I was not uh, aware of it, what's going on in the country, but I was called. I was there. And then they started to be uncomfortable. They said, what exactly are you doing? We don't uh, church inside the building inside the building, we don't want you outside, why you can't be like anybody else, you can invite those homeless inside the building. The problem is that the addicts don't want to go inside the building. Uh, we don't believe in a church that fish jump to the boat. You have to take the net outside. And this is when it's more into it, much more into it, but this is the, when the problem uh, uh, started. And the same principle, uh, when they started to, uh, to, uh, to prosecute, uh, prosecute apostles, this is why the church didn't remain in Israel, uh, only in Jerusalem and went through the entire region, because of persecution. And, and if they knew it, and if they would be smarter, they would leave us alone and we would die in our churches. But because they prosecute us, we are growing in authority and in power and so forth. And to answer, to answer your question, how I endured, in the beginning, in the beginning, those 17 years ago, when I would see police officers, I could see men's legs shake. Because, because with that, uh, with that, Batch comes authority. And when they come against you and not protect you, you can feel those principalities. It's a real thing. I want you to know fear is a real thing. It's okay to be afraid. And, and you know, the worst part is when they come for you and you are alone. But when you have other fellow brothers and sisters, then you can say to another guy, good, Maybe I should have a diaper <laughs> or something like that. The fear, fear is a real thing. And then, and then uh, one experience at the time, one year as, at the time, one court uh, case at the time. And I see, and I see here, uh, at, at least in your denomination, you, uh, you minister together with your wives. Wonderful. I'm not against, for the record, I'm not against. Uh, women being pastors and preachers, but because very early back then, I saw it that whatever God called us for it, it's not normal. Uh, I I decided to be hundred percent in it. I'm I'm hundred percent in it, uh, but at the same time, I was behind the scene. Uh, I don't have a Facebook. You won't see me that I'm fighting for uh, for a pulpit. Uh, um, uh, usually, you don't see me on the pictures because I'm the one making them or, or running the cameras. I run street church, and I always look for some kind of pants uh, to 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 give the, to the guy the mic because of the level 
and the place where we are is simply dangerous. So my husband can do what he can do because he knows I'm safe. And, and that was my, my decision back then. Uh, and this is, this is how God was preparing. But, but let me tell you, it's, it doesn't mean that I was, I was at home cooking and waiting for my husband. We were doing everything together. But I would be always behind him. Because at the end of the day, uh, you don't want to see your wife being arrested. You don't want to witness your son being arrested. And, and we, uh, we created this structure uh, that when police is approaching, who is a pastor? Uh, he is the pastor. Please arrest him. <laughs> That's what Katie says all, That's a, all through 2020. She just pointed at me. But, you know, our men already know what to do. When you see something like, okay, give me your wallet, give me your keys, your phone, you know our guys are getting prepared, all of them. Uh, so kissing their wives. And we are talking right now about 21st century Canada, not China. This is testimony from Canada, so pay attention. Uh, it's not easy. I'm not even going to pretend that it's easy. It's not easy. But when you look, even at recent arrest, uh, the songs would God give me, the dreams he would give me, the people around, he, uh, I was surrounded. Uh, in Christianity, you go through the valleys, but, but God is going to be with you all the way, all the way, all the way. Amen. I want to just honor you for, I know that, you know, behind every great man is a great woman. And I know that um, your husband's courage in large part is because he knows that you're behind him. And so you're amazing. Um, Nathaniel, I want to ask you, um, we talked about this a little bit um, last service, but you know, one of the things that Americans kind of hang their hat on is this document we have called the Constitution. And, um, and we have provisions right from the very beginning about freedom of religion and, and the ability to, to worship how and when and, and who you choose. And um, it was interesting to me when we were talking a little bit earlier that Canada has that too. Like they have a document that actually outlines freedom of religion. And so what's the, what's the difference? There is no difference. I don't care how strong your document is. I don't care how strong of a piece of paper you think it is. It's just a piece of paper. Tyrants, dictators, totalitarian regimes don't care about your piece of paper. They don't care. Poland had a constitution when it was invaded by the Nazis, by the Soviets. Canada has a constitution. Look at, look at the treatment today. It's just a piece of... Look at the treatment that's going on in your Canada, what your government's doing. It's already abusing its constitution. So they don't care about it. They're not going to respect it. You have to care about it, and you have to respect it and make them respect it. Come on, so good. And so, uh, Nathaniel's 23, 22, 22 years old, just graduated from college. Congratulations. But even that was, um, was not super easy. Um, you didn't find yourself with a with thousands of fellow Christians that all linked arms and said, we're going to stand up to tyranny together. Talk us through a little bit of your education journey and, and how, um, you know, how you've been able to navigate that, being a young person um, and in a lot of ways kind of on an island and, and having to navigate uh, a lot of that by yourself. 
Vladimir Lenin said, give me four years and I'll plant a seed so deep in the youth, you'll never be able to uproot it. So this is a very gradual process to usher in a generation that'll accept tyranny, that'll accept communism. And it starts with the youth. It, starts, it started years ago with indoctrination. I went into university expecting to be taught law, or I graduated from criminal justice, so I wanted to learn about the justice system and then later go to law school. And instead I was taught about diversity, sexual indoctrination, uh, socialism, communism. That's what the kids are being taught in schools. Nothing to do with what I wanted to learn. So I wanted to keep my head down with my last name. I knew they knew me. I knew they, it would be difficult for me to get through university. So I just wanted to keep my head down, pretend to be a liberal, do the assignments, get the grades, and then get out. And that worked for about a year. And I did that, admittedly, I pretended to be a liberal, did all my assignments, and then I just got so fed up with all the lies I was being fed, and I started to internalize, when you pretend to lie, you start, to, you start to internalize the lie. So it's just better to stand for the truth, so I started to, you know, whatever they wanted to do, I would write the opposite. You know, write about, um, you know, sexual this and that, I would do the opposite. I would, I would say my conservative values, and I didn't get the grades that I wanted. But that's okay. I'd prefer to stand on the truth. And then in my last year, my last year, I had one semester left. They said, you have to take the jab or you're going to be kicked out of university or your education is going to be put on hold. And I, me and like, I don't know, a handful of students were the only people to oppose this. A university of 15,000 students, they give us the statistics, 99.9% .9 took the jab and just, just because they didn't want to lose their education. Me and a handful of students said no, and we were protesting, petitions, meetings, trying to do everything in our power to get our right to education. And there was this one opportunity called a religious exemption, and every single person that applied, about 50 that I know applied, every single person was denied. So I went to a meeting with the vice president, the person responsible for accepting or denying the exemptions, and I said, you're denying me my human rights, my religious freedoms, you're denying me my right to education and I'm gonna sue you. And he says, I welcome any legal action against the university. I said, no, 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 you're not understanding me. I'm gonna sue you because you're denying me my education, not the university, you are. You're personally, I'm gonna sue you. And admittedly, admittedly it was a bluff because I don't have money to sue them. <laughs> and he, he took great offense to this. He said, you cannot threaten a faculty member. I said, I'm not threatening you. I'm going to do what I'm legally allowed to do and take legal action against you because you're denying me my religious freedoms. And he said, let me take a look at that exemption again. And I was Come on, that's given right. the opportunity to finish. There you go. I think uh, all of us realize that um, a lot of those that were barking the loudest actually didn't have much bite behind that, that bark. Um, as we, I want to ask you guys both one more question and give you both an opportunity to answer. Um, what would you guys say uh, to the American church? If you could impart one thing, what would be, uh, what would you say to us? Again, the fault of what is going on in our governments and in our countries is the fault of the church. It's the church's fault, it's not the government's fault. And that is because we allowed the separation of church and state and we allowed them to get away with this for so many years. So my message is get involved in politics, in your education systems, 
and stand up. You don't, you don't stand up because you know that it's pretty down the line. All these churches are growing because they took a stand. But that's not why you stand. You stand because it's the right thing to do. And God will, will honor that stand, even if you're risking everything. At the end of the day, he's going to honor it. So take a stand and fight back against this tyranny because you're one step behind Canada, only one step. And if you allow this to go any further, you're going to have communism, you're going to have a dictatorship, and you're already seeing the signs here. You know, it's such a sweet, sour uh, feeling I have because all those years we would, we would uh, say, and I'm pretty sure many of you as well, uh, what's going on, it's coming, it's coming. And right now, I'm the one to, to say, I told you so. It's it, 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 it's a very weird feeling. And uh, let me tell you something. All those years, we didn't want it with my husband to have a church in a building. So uh, we opened something that is called street church, and we would have a regular church outside. Four times a week before COVID, now three times, and regular Sunday. We say homeless, homeless, but there are lots of people are coming. Uh, it's, it's regular people are coming. And for some reason, prophetically, God says, don't even look at the buildings. Your calling is outside. And all those years, we would fight for that voice to be visible because we could see uh, that at least in Canada, here partially, but in Canada, 100%, your voice outside was silent. Uh, you were not allowed to talk about God in your workplace. You wanted to be uh, you. Uh, you wanted to be politician. Don't you ever admit your 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 Christian values? Uh, you want uh, any kind of career, any kind of career. You you would have to shut up. Even to a simple thing like like going with the Bibles. We have we have this on the videos because we were recording everything. Simple things like going with the Bibles to the streets. The police officers were confiscating our Bibles. That was 10 years ago. All those things, that's why we were called uh, outside. And then a few years ago, uh, he spoke to my husband. He says, now it's the time for you to, to, uh, to build the mighty men of valor inside the building, open regular church. Uh, and it's longer story. We said no, but you don't say no to God because you get spanking. So we did it. <laughs> we are in the beginning of growth. Uh, we're looking for a building. If we would have the building, uh, they're going to be, uh, they're go not going to be happy because probably we're going to have a few thousand people in a church. But my point is, because of the charitable status, they had us on a leash for so many years. I was hoping the church would lose charitable status because they, they have us on a leash and we have still too much to lose. Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, our prime minister, had an attempt to take charitable status from the church, but was too, too big of organizations like uh, Food Bank, Salvation Army, and... and, and and others, they said, don't you dare, and he back off. 
But let me tell you, this, is, this was our leash. That's why they put the muzzle on us right now to completely silence us. But because we allowed in Canada for so many years uh, to, to be silent outside those four walls, right now they took steps further and they came to shut down the indoors. Uh, indoors. And, and I believe for the people that stood up all those years, they're going to grow in authority and power. And, and, and this is our time. This is our time. I, I want for you to grasp, you and God is majority. Wow. Right now, multiply, multiply all of this. Come on, Amen. how good was that? Can we honor Marjena and Nathaniel Pawlowski? Gosh, what, uh, what we want to do to close is um, I want to ask Marjena to pray uh, over us. And you know what? Um, as, a, as a husband, as a man, um, as a pastor, as a shepherd, I want the courage that they carry. And, um, and I want to... I would love for you to impart some of that courage to us. And if you would just pray um, over us, over our church, that God would just continue to give us favor and blessing, we would, we would love that. So if you wouldn't mind just praying for us. Father God, I come before your holy throne and I, and, I, and I thank you for this friendship and I bless every man, woman, child, old and young in this place, in the name of Jesus Christ with supernatural courage. Father, I bless each of them with the double anointing of the end times. This is what the forefathers were talking about with end times and spirit of Elijah. This double anointing of courage in the name of Jesus Christ. I bless you and I release you. Amen. Amen, amen. And what we want to do is also want to take a second and pray for them. And I would uh, encourage you, um, and I did it during the during the first service, but if you hop on the Awaken Church app and go to um, the, the giving section and under East Lake Campus, there'll be a pull down. You can actually select uh, East Lake guest speakers. And I would encourage you to sow in to this amazing family. Whatever you honor will flow to you. And uh, they... Uh, live completely supported on, on the generosity of, of uh, other believers. And I want to send this family back to Canada encouraged, blessed, saying, you know what? God is our provider. And so I would encourage you to hop on and let's bless them um, on their way back to Canada. They, they're going back today. You guys are going to go to Montana and then make the drive back to the border. But let's just take a second and pray over this amazing family. In Acts chapter 12, um, the apostle Peter was arrested. And the Bible says that he's sitting there in, in jail. And it's one of my favorite passages of scripture. It says, but the church was offering up prayers on his behalf. And because there was a church that was praying for, for the apostle, the Bible says that an angel of the Lord visits Peter in the jail. And Peter's sitting there on the ground, discouraged and despondent. And the angel of the Lord sticks out a hand and says, Peter, I tell you right now, arise. And as Peter stood up, the chains fell off of him. The prison walls came down and he walked out. So come on, let's be the church that prays for Pastor Art 
and praise that God's power would be with this amazing family. So let's stretch our hands out towards them. God, we thank you for the Pawlowski family. God, we thank you that even though they're an entirely other nation, God, even though they don't live near us, um, are, are geographically separated from us, we are so close in values that we're brothers and sisters, that they are our brothers and sisters, uh, members of the same body, same values, same devotion to your kingdom, same love for your kingdom, same love for you. And God, we bless them. God, right now we speak against every assignment of the enemy that would come against Pastor Art. God, we pray just as it happened in Exodus, as the Red Sea was parted and the Israelites went through, as the, as the Egyptians came behind them, God, the word says that, that the wheels of their chariots began to fall off. And we pray that every scheme that comes against Pastor Art, that the wheels would fall off. Every, every case, every injunction, every citation, every ticket would unravel in Jesus' name. God, we pray that, that, that the wicked would be confounded. They would be confused. They would say, why in the world can we not get anything to stick to this family? And we will know, and they will know. It's because they serve the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the all-powerful, mighty God of the universe. We pray favor over them. We pray blessing over them. We pray increase. God, I pray that the remnant would indeed arise in Canada, that, that pastors would find themselves encouraged because of the great faith of this family, that there would be a great uh, arising of pastors and leaders and Christians and believers that would stand up to tyranny, that would stand up for the truth of God, stand up for the word of God. God, we pray blessing over them. We send them back to Canada, blessed and favored and encouraged in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.